Hi, and welcome to The Turbulent World with me, James M. Dorsey, as your host. Little did Eliadu Rian know that a video he posted on Facebook in early 2021 would shape Indonesian policy and turn his life upside down. A Christian in a Muslim-majority nation, Mr. Hia objected to vocational school authorities in the West Sumatran city of Pandang in Indonesia, obliging his daughter to wear a hijab. In a secretly taped video, his daughter's teacher insisted that wearing a hijab was mandatory. The teacher demanded that Mr. Hia put his daughter's refusal in writing, which would have been a first step to expelling her. The video went viral. In response, Indonesian Religion Affairs Minister Yakuf Cholil Kumas and his home affair and education counterparts threatened to sanction state schools, seeking to impose religious garb in violation of government rules and regulation. Religions do not promote conflict, neither do they justify acting unfairly against those who are different said Mr. Kumas, a leader of Nahdatul Ulama, the world's largest Muslim civil society movement and foremost advocate of theological reform in line with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. The school complied. Over the last two years, the number of Christian girls who shed the hijab has grown, but at the same time, Mr. Hia received threatening messages on Facebook and WhatsApp. I lost count, he said. Hundreds of them. Mr. Hia's air conditioning business started to lose customers. Some customers asked me whether I was the one who was protesting the mandatory job rule, and they stopped requesting my services, Mr. Hia said. Struggling to repay a bank loan, he fired five employees and sold his truck and minibus. Almost two years later, Mr. Hia and his wife decided to sell their house while waiting for their daughter to finish high school. I cannot earn enough money now. We have to move out of West Sumatra, he said. Mr. Hia's experience tells the story of seesaw swings in the Muslim world between trends towards increased religious individuality more personal understanding of religion and skepticism towards religious and temporal authority and support for greater public adherence to religious norms and often state-aligned clerics. The swings potentially influence the public standing of Islamic scholars who align themselves with autocratic rulers like Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman who has subjugated the kingdom's religious establishment to his will and pushed ahead with far-reaching social reforms anchored in civil but not religious law. Potentially, the swings also suggest that calls by Nadadur Ulama for reform of Islamic law in Indonesia, the world's largest Muslim-majority country and democracy, may encounter greater resistance beyond the group's Javan stronghold in the archipelago state. Finally, the swings point to a possible comeback of political Islam, a decade after groups like the Muslim Brotherhood 
appear to be down and out due to a Saudi and United Arab Emirates back public backlash that rolled back their initial success in the wake of the 2011 popular Arab revolts. The revolts toppled the autocratic leaders of Egypt, Tunisia, Yemen, and Libya. However, the Brotherhood suffered its most significant setback with a military coup in Egypt in 2013 that removed from office Mohamed Morsi, a Muslim brother, and the country's first and only democratically elected president. The coup and brutal repression sent the Brotherhood into exile, where it has lingered ever since. Results from nationally representative public opinion surveys strongly suggest that political Islam is making a comeback. In most countries surveyed, young and old citizens demonstrate a clear preference for giving religion a greater role in politics. This is the first time that support for political Islam has increased meaningfully since the Arab uprisings of 2011, said Michael Robbins, director and co-principal investigator of Arab Barometer, a group that regularly surveys public opinion in the Middle East. Mr. Iyas' story is one more piece of anecdotal evidence of a revival of conservatism, also reflected in the polling of Mr. Robbins and others, even if the surveys suggest contradictory attitudes. In a survey conducted in 2022 by UAE-based Azdab BCW, 41% of 3,400 young Arabs in 17 Arab countries aged 18 to 24 said religion was the most important element of their identity. With nationality, family, and or tribe, Arab heritage, and gender lagging far behind. Arab Barometer noted a stark increase in the number of Muslim youth polled in several Arab countries that wanted clerics to have greater influence on government decisions. In 2021 to 2022, roughly half or more in five of ten countries surveyed agreed that religious clerics should influence decisions of government, Mr. Robbins said. While youth ages 18 to 29 have led the return to religion across the Middle East and North Africa, the rise in support for religion in politics is more widespread across society. In most countries, both older and younger members of society are shifting their views in concert, Mr. Robbins added. Similarly, more than half, 56%, in the ASDA BCW survey said their country's legal system should be based on Sharia or Islamic law. 70% expressed concern about the loss of traditional values and culture. 65% argued that preserving their religious and cultural identity was more important than creating a globalized society. Yet, 73% up from 58% in 2018, felt that religion played too much of a role in the Middle East. In addition, 77% believe Arab religious institutions should be reformed.
While the support for the reform of religious institutions may work in Nadatul Ulama's favor and potentially threaten the autocratic grip on religion in Middle Eastern states, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's success in this week's first round of presidential and parliamentary elections offers further food for thought about the prospects of political Islam. Nationalism may have been a major driver of the electoral outcome, but so was religious conservatism. Erdogan has formed an unbreakable bond with Turkey's largest socio-political bloc, religious conservatives. He also enchants them with a grand narrative, despite nefarious enemies and heinous conspiracies. He is making Turkey great and Muslim again, said Mustafa Akyol a Washington-based Turkish scholar of Islam. Islamist scholars from across the Muslim world backed the alliance. Their support may not have played a major role in the first round, but indicated political Islam's newly found assertiveness. In a statement, the scholars called on Turks to vote for Mr. Erdogan and non-Turkish Muslims to support his campaign. They implicitly contrasted Turkey with its religious soft power rivals, including Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Indonesia, which have engaged with Israel to varying degrees and stress interfaith dialogue, even though they differ sharply in their approaches and goals. Turkey has consistently defended the Prophet against Western offenses, restored the Hagia Sophia Grand Mosque in Istanbul to its original status, and advocated for Jerusalem and its ongoing issues, the scholars said. Controversially, Mr. Erdogan in 2020 returned the Hagia Sophia, a 6th century Orthodox church turned mosque turned museum, to its original status as a Muslim house of worship. Mr. Erdogan vowed that the conversion was the harbinger of the liberation of the Al-Aqsa Mosque, Islam's third holiest site in Jerusalem. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Diplomats, policymakers, investors, executives, journalists, and academics listen to my twice-weekly podcast and or read my syndicated newsletter that is republished by media across the globe. Maintaining free distribution ensures that the podcast and newsletter have maximum impact. Paid subscribers help me cover the monthly cost of producing the newsletter and podcast. Please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Or support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash soccer. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. Thank you. Take care and best wishes.
Hello, I'm your host, James Dorsey. Diplomats, policymakers, investors, executives, journalists, and academics listen to my twice-weekly podcast and or read my syndicated newsletter that is republished by media across the globe. Maintaining free distribution ensures that the podcast and newsletter have maximum impact. Paid subscribers help me cover the monthly cost of producing the newsletter and podcast. Please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesfmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Or support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash soccer. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. Thank you. Take care and best wishes.